0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris. We're down on the beach. I'm going to do my best to protect you from the wind, and uh, we're going to talk today about a really interesting topic that someone asked me to discuss on the on the beach podcast, and that was uh, anger. Uh, the one of the most important things about uh, self-respect. Uh, and intuition and self-reliance uh, is to understand uh, what emotions we're dealing with. It's really important. Um, I remember going back uh, probably ten years now, uh, when I was first learning to be uh, to practice ocean kayaking. And my friend, who unfortunately now is deceased, not longer in the body, but here in spirit, uh, was teaching me. And his famous words uh, ring in my ears to this very day, so therefore you can say he's not past, only in form. And his famous words were always about self-reliance. When we'd go out in the kayak out at sea, Uh, mostly were in ocean kayaks that were built for uh, travelling massive distances. Uh, He even paddled from mainland down to Tassie, across Bass Strait. He did a lot of uh, expeditions, and so he really knew what he was talking about. He talked continually about the word self-reliance. Self-reliance means you're with a group of people, but you're not. Self-reliance means you collaborate with a group of people, but you don't. Self-reliance means you're in a team, a company, an organization, a family, but you're not. Now, I know this sort of sounds like a whole series of contradictions, but when you're out at sea, you learn something really important, and that is you can be easily separated from the pack. in an ocean many times I went out with him and apart from the occasional good luck where he was on top of a swell and I was on top of a swell and uh, I could see him pop over the top of a swell but more often than not I'd be up top of a swell and uh, the depth of the wave, the swells, was so deep I couldn't see him. He was down the bottom I was up the top we were like yo-yos jumping up and down so we always would describe where we would go and where we were heading in case we got separated one time I went out in the ocean with eight people eight kayaks and at one stage you couldn't see one single person now that's not only spooky It's bloody dangerous because if you tip out of a kayak, getting back in, because the kayak immediately fills with water if you don't roll up, getting back in is a goddamn nightmare, Uh, especially in the the drama of an ocean that's stormy, windy, blowy, and has a 10-metre swell rolling through, breaking waves on top of the swell make it nearly impossible to find the ground or let's say the smoothness that you need to jump in in a conventional way. So we learnt self-reliance or how to get back in a kayak uh, in a swimming pool. And it was so good because we learnt all the techniques of how to get back in the kayak in the swimming pool or in the calm of uh, Sydney Harbour On a beautiful warm day where the ocean was clean, we learnt all the skills in environments where you didn't need to have them. But that's base one. So you learn that you can get back in if you really know how, but what you don't learn from those situations is how to get back in when you really need to get back in. The probability of falling out of a kayak in a flat ocean is very low. And the possibility in a flat ocean of friends coming to help you is very high. Because you firstly can see each other. Secondly, uh, it's not dangerous. But in a wild ocean where, where there's a swell of even just a couple of metres, but there's a wind blowing like today. And therefore white caps which hit a kayak and knock it flat, You can't bring two kayaks side by side very easily because one will spear through the other one or spear through the occupant of the other one. They become uh, 180 kilo full of water uh, bullets or rockets or submarines or whatever you want to call it. And these kayaks, when they're full of water, you think uh, they're going to be immobile. But the waves pick them up and they become just M- mobile battering rams and most injuries that happen at sea in sea kayaking are caused by a kayak that gets sort of half or full of water, leveraging against an arm or a person using their paddle to brace themselves in a kayak that weighs well in excess with it when it's got a lot of water in it, well in excess of hundred kilos traveling at 15 20 kilometers an hour sideways they use their arm to brace and paddle to brace the kayak and of course snap their shoulder pop their shoulder out those injuries are really common being hit on the head make being made unconscious is a second big possibility and then the list goes on so what we learned in the cool calm collected environment of a laboratory, such as a coaching session, such as a pool session, such as at Sydney Harbour, was impossible to apply when it was needed. And I think that's really important for, for us all to understand when we're doing daily habits and we're doing emotional management and we're doing things that will eventually Need to be applied in the real world. It's very rarely that the smooth, calculated, delicious coaching environment, which is over a Teams or a Zoom meeting, where everybody's cool, calm, and collected, will be the real world. When that we need to uh, be able to use the skills we're learning and apply them. Uh, uh, with integrity. So self-reliance is not knowledge. Knowledge is stuff that you can read out of a book. Knowledge is how to roll an Eskimo roll a kayak, how to uh, get back in a kayak once you're out, how to empty it. We had some people had foot pumps and most of us had electrical pumps inside the kayak uh, like activated by your foot or button. It would electrically pump all the water out of the kayak in a few seconds. These things were really expensive and very important. The idea of pumping your foot on a pedal while waves were hitting you from all directions and your spray sheet didn't cover the hatch of the kayak and allowed more water in as quickly as you pumped it out. The idea of that in the real world. In the ocean was ridiculous and so real world application of techniques really requires real world environment to test and creating a real world environment to test a skill such as survival in a kayak is bloody dangerous because should you not succeed in practicing the skill in the real world of not being able to be rescued. So the beautiful people, Mark Sundon and Rob Mercer, these beautiful people who take people, take people out at sea and allow them to practice real-world skills in kayaks out in the ocean, these beautiful people take an enormous responsibility, and I've seen Rob Mercer or Mark Sundant, I've seen them get out of their own boat into the ocean, leave their own boat floating adrift in with a leash to swim over to and hook a leash on a person or another boat that's become uh, uh, shipwrecked, call it that, during a practice session. So rather than say, oh, it's too windy, we can't take you out here today, they say the opposite, it's really windy, it's really choppy, this is the perfect day for a practice. I'm walking along here on Bondi. there are thousands of blue bottles, so I've actually just talked myself out of going for a swim this morning, it's sad. I don't like blue bottles. Uh, so, a bunch of guys playing rugby in the morning. Uh, so, we get back to the topic of we get back to the topic of anger and coaching and. Self-reliance. The whole thing in a kayak, as my old friend taught me, was although you can rely on other people and depend on other people in the calm of the normal training environment, in the real world, when you need the skills that you're learning in a coaching session, you cannot rely on another human being because they will also be dealing with their own survival, their own circumstances. That puts us in a different place than what we thought we'd be. For example, if you're angry or you're emotional, the assumption is that everybody else around you is available to help you deal with your anger or deal with your emotions. The assumption is that there's going to be a grounded place in the vicinity of you to help you make a decision, to help you get out of your problem. Now, I work 24-7 to be available to everybody I work with, but that doesn't mean I don't have my own glitches and my own stuff to deal with. I can't have my telephone on all through the night when maybe you need support. And so the education that we take in a coaching process is self-reliance. And and just like in a kayak going out in the ocean, when you get capable of handling self-reliance in a two-meter sea, you get brave enough to do three and four and five. And as it was for me in the end, I did a 13-meter swell, paddled in a 13-meter swell, and got completely smashed to bits, and that's where my back problem started. But each time you pass, each time you get through something and learn self-reliance at one level, that doesn't mean you've gained self-reliance at all levels. It means you've become, at a certain level of business and life and relationship and health and family, you've become self-reliant and able to deliver under fairly arduous conditions, you've been able to deliver equanimity and balance and and insight and love and consciousness and all the beautiful words. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've, made it to the end, which is the promise of most spiritual and self-help leadership, is that if you do what I'm about to tell you, you will make it to the end. And that just never happens. The end never comes. There is just a bigger sea, More people to care for. More people to be available for. And that has to be our mission, our purpose in a sense. It's written on the top of our dream boards, written on the top of our chart. It has to be that we want to be more and more available to more and more people and therefore be more and more self-reliant in larger and larger seas so that we can take others out and educate and train them in the ocean that we've chosen to be our profession or life or style or purpose in life. And so it never stops. My birthday's coming up soon and I'm surprised when I calculate backwards my age But every single day I wake up and I go, how do I become more self-reliant at a bigger sea? I'm still paddling my cot, kayak, but in a different form. So I don't paddle anymore because of the back surgery, but I, but I am still, in a sense, being educated by Chris, my beautiful friend, in the art of self-reliance and how to deliver safety to others and take them out in the next bigger sea for themselves. Anger is a self reliance in at a, a business or personal sense. Relies on self-awareness. Self-awareness is, is simply put to identify and not a name and nominate the the emotion that is supposed the word is interfering with uh, the equanimity of your life, and that means. But quite often you'll say, gee, I feel really good at the moment. I don't need to see Chris. Or I feel really good at the moment. I don't need coaching. Or I feel really good at the moment. I blah, blah, blah. But those times when you're feeling good are usually times when you're just not conscious of the emotion that's inside you that is actually making a huge impact and and will eventually have a huge influence. So... Self-awareness, in summary, is the ability to not name and nominate an emotion. And today, I wanted to give you a few hints as how to name and nominate uh, anger. So, anger is most often identified as uh, a sort of a bitterness towards somebody else. So, when somebody is pissing you off or you don't feel attracted to your partner or when you don't feel... Um, positive about your work or you don't feel good about your uh, uh, job or your life where you feel like you want to withdraw a little bit and it's quite often feels a little bit like sadness or a little bit like um, depression or a little bit like uh, exhaustion, tiredness. It's absolutely not. That's a misinterpretation of the real source of, of of your dilemma, and self-awareness will say to you, I, I, "I'm not. I can't be tired. I can't be. These are all just so shallow. I can only have two emotions, and everything can come from that." So, if you start off with a simple premise, um, as we do in ocean kayaking, in in self-reliance. If you start off with the awareness that there are only two, really two emotions that you can deal with. Uh, Fear of the future and guilt about the past. So the first thing, if you're feeling tired or you're feeling um, disconnected or you're feeling full on or you're feeling anything for that matter, excited or um, disinterested or uh, over-enthusiastic or impatient or whatever the word is, or self-deprecating, The first thing is to label it out of one of two. It's a a binary choice. You're either uh, experiencing fear of the future or guilt of the past. The second part of that is to realize that fear of the future usually rolls out in two or three uh, primary fundamental, very dark, and very deep emotions. Jealousy, resentment, and anger. Guilt about the past rolls itself out in three primary emotions. Sadness, which is another word for hate. Judgment, criticism, And fear. So guilt of the past, one of the only two emotions, rolls itself out in fear of the future. Actually they're two um, inseparable uh, emotions. So with all this said, going back over what we've said for today, your ability to label the emotions you have, what's going on? Not to label the topic, because it's irrelevant. The ability to label the emotion that you have, to call it, you're saying, "I'm tired." Really? Well, what's causing that? Well, there's only one of two things. I'm either guilty about the past, which means I re- regret it. Uh, I resent something that happened yesterday. I, I'm. Uh, mourning or grieving something that happened yesterday, or I'm fearing the future. I have anxiety about the future. Both of those things can really really help because in self-reliance the first and most important thing is to know the danger you're in, to understand the circumstances, to as we call it sometimes get a helicopter view of where you're at. And the first helicopter view of where you're at is to understand, not to change, but to understand and label the emotion that's driving you. If you can't do that, that's a big problem. So, and remember that once you're able to label the emotion in two meter swells, you'll be confused about it in three. So don't expect there to be a permanent labeling skill. Once you've labeled the emotion, once you've labeled it, dealing with it's really easy. Anger is probably the most common outcome of fear of the future and guilt of the past. Anger is the go-to for most people. And it's most often called fear. It's most often called depression. It's most often called uncertainty. It's most often called insecurity. It's most often called resentment. It's most often called disappointment. And it's got so many uh, trivial words that if we try to solve the word, We're really in the ship, because what we're trying to deal with, deep down, is anger. And anger is a preventative thing. The the ego has anger to protect. That's what its primal uh, uh, function is. Protect. And so, if we're we're in a state of protection, and we're therefore angry, there is no way we can enter the realm of of being able to diffuse it. We, We are the bomb. And that's where maybe sometimes a phone call to me or uh, a text to me will help. And you say, I'm angry, but I don't know what about, or I'm angry, and that's making me feel tired. I'm angry, I don't know what this is. And to work through it because, just to finish this out, the, the, the most common emotion that I find people walking around town with is anger because. It's a disapproved emotion. Like, if there was something that went, let's say COVID, and being angry about COVID was a realistic thing. It's different to a war where we can be angry at the enemy. But if anger was permitted, and we had something to be angry about, the anger that's inside people would get a venue, an output, a place. But anger in our current culture, with the new uh, understanding of, um, diversity in the world and a new understanding of uh, how different people function in business. Anger is the first the first thing that's eliminated in all cultures, in business and family and, and, uh, and social cultures, in yoga schools. Anger is, is, is forbidden. And yet it's a very natural human response to all things that go on. So the really important thing as the world evolves and, and you live in the evolving world, is to be able to label when you're angry so that you don't bottle it up and end up with a cancer or something really more toxic, which is um, passive aggression, sarcasm, and judgment of other people, which is how it starts to float. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, share it around. Um, And again, once we've labeled anger, once you've been able to be self-reliant in the understanding of identifying what emotion is driving you, then there's a great opportunity to do some work on it with uh, with uh, uh, different techniques of breathing, different techniques of mind control, different techniques of getting back to, uh, whether it's fear of the future or guilt of the past, there's different techniques to actually be able to help you uh, do what nature intended, and that is uh, feel the anger but and know the source and, and evolve from it and grow from it. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.